Hey guys, welcome back to an all new episode of Screen Beans. This is episode 179. We're your hosts, Carolyn Chillick. And Jerry Wilson. And today is the 2019 Screen Bean Awards. Awards, awards, awards. So, we're going to go through all of the movies that we've seen this year. Our best, our worst. We have some magic beans. We have some stinky beans. And we're ready for award season. <laughs> just just think of this as the Oscars pre-show. <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is there any news out there? Uh, Birds of Prey comes out this weekend. Oh yeah, got our tickets. Got Can't our tickets. So wait. we will have a podcast on that Monday, Tuesday, Monday. Yeah, sure. Monday. Monday so that'll be the first movie of 2020. Mm-hmm. It might be Tuesday. Or Monday. Or Tuesday. Yeah, we're just keeping the listeners on their toes. Yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> so, yeah, so that'll be the first movie of 2020, and uh, then we'll just go from there. Sounds good. You ready to hand out some beans? Oh, I got plenty of beans. <laughs> awesome. Let's do this. Warning. This podcast contains spoilers. Enter at your own risk. Are we ready to kick this show off? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm ready. I know that, you know everyone out there is uh, ready for it. They've been waiting all year to see. I know it's like going to win all this stuff that we're going to just be handing out today. I know they've listened to all the podcasts on all the movies, and mm-hmm. now they're ready. Yes, and, and all these awards are currently in the mail and being delivered to whoever. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Sure, they are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start off with the magic beans. First up, best villain. Best villain. So we have up for best villain, Emperor Palpatine, or uh, he's not even Emperor Palpatine. Isn't he just Dark Sidious? I guess. Just Palpatine. Yeah, Palpatine. Okay, so Palpatine from Star Wars. Um, Mysterio from Spider-Man Far From Home. And Thanos from Endgame. And the winner is dun, 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 dun. Mysterio. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <I'm> <laughs> Where's the applause button? Uh, we need to have one of those. So I think. I mean, I like. You know, the reason I feel like we picked Mysterio was because I felt like they did a very good job of kind of surprising the audience yeah because you knew you knew he he's eventually going to end up the villain you just didn't really know how it was all going down until after the bar scene right and that bar scene and then you can see the in-depth deception that Uh he has done and even his backstory i thought was good having Mm the uh uh connection to iron man and even kind of doing a flashback yeah to when he was, you know, doing that stuff, you know, he was doing that hologram stuff with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and, you know, Tony, you know, I can't remember which one it was, if it was two or three. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, having that tie in and then even bringing in characters from other, like even the little number two guy, you know, the the one who's kind of behind the scene, you know, doing all the computer mm-hmm. stuff. You know, he's from the original Iron Man. Yeah. You know, kind of like that tie-in I thought was kind of uh, really well mm-hmm. done. But um, I just really liked how it kind of caught you off scene. And then when you see what all is entailed with his, you know, because this whole time you're thinking these creatures are, they're bringing in, you know, other multiverse. And it mm-hmm. was just all yeah. just <laughs> bullshit, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought that was really well done. And... You know, something unexpected, which a lot of times you don't get anymore because they give you everything in the trailer. Yeah. So, yeah, so I thought it was well done. And then the the very end twist of Peter Parker being outed as Spider-Man. Right. Like, it's, he, it's like he had planned ahead mm-hmm. just in case, you know, he, he did die. Like, he was going to just... He's still going to stick it to Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I thought the way that, you know, Far From Home ended with that, it's like... Oh, oh no. So how's the third one going to go? And then mm-hmm. we kind of went through all this whole 
Sony Marvel split up thing. Well, uh, good thing they're back together again and they're moving forward because I would have had big concerns <laughs> if, if <laughs> yeah. Sony was going to try to cross this bridge on their own. Oh no! So yeah, so that's why that's why we picked Mysterio. Okay. All right, so number two is best visual effects. We have Godzilla, King of Monsters, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Avengers Endgame, and Pokemon Pet Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I almost wanted to, to skip Detective there. And the winner is Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I think that they did. I mean, the one thing that is, you know, really well done in Star Wars and this one especially, I think the characters mm -hmm. that they had were really well done. Um, you know, the CGI and all that stuff. But even being able to do all the different worlds, the the complexity of I can't remember what the the Palpatine world and all of those ships and doing mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, how they can do the um you know, they're like on Tatooine, you know, you have the desert, you have, you know, all the different, you know, places and stuff. Mm -hmm. And even when they were doing that, I thought a really cool scene that they did was that hyper, hyper jumping, I think they called it. Where oh, he was like, yeah. I, you know, and it was like every single one was something totally different. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really well done. And it looked really cool. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, something that we hadn't seen in you know, a Star Wars yet. And, you know, the fact that they're doing it in the Millennium Falcon is even better. But mm -hmm. um, <laughs> just all of the different worlds, I thought that, you know, you know, with this Star Wars, it's kind of like, you know, they're ending it, they're showing, and then they even go back to Endor and they see like the remnants of the the Death Star and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And Which so I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. As they're, you know, standing there on the island or the on shore or whatever, and they're looking out and it's just wreckage out there yeah it was it was just so cool yeah so all right so number three is best cgi character the nominees are pawnee from men in black international <laughs> he was a good character king Ghidorah from godzilla and pikachu from pokemon detective pikachu did I say that right? Yeah, I think you Poke were yeah, saying Pokemon Pet Detective. Detective. Yeah. But that's Ace Ventura. <laughs> Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Okay. Anyways, Pikachu. Yeah. All right. And the winner is Pikachu. Too cute. I mean, too cute. Too cute. I mean, I have to say that. I mean, Pikachu, you know, just. You know, throughout the movie, he was a great character. Even mm -hmm. not being a CGI, he was a really funny character. And I would even say, even all of the little Pokemons and, you know, those characters, mm -hmm. being able to make them like a real life, but still keep their anime kind of characteristics. Yeah. I thought it was a really well mm -hmm. done job. I do too. I, and it, that movie kind of surprised me of, of how much I liked it. Like mm -hmm. going into it, it's like I, I could I could have cared less about I know. I mean it's just Pokemon. Because I mean and, I never was in I missed no. all of Pokemon. Yeah, I wasn't I never into that. that cartoons, anything. Yeah. But the way that they the way that they did it and kind of wrapped it around this kind of detective ish mm -hmm. angle kind of thing was was really intriguing and it was just a little different than Yeah. Than what it was with just playing cards and stuff like and that. And it's like a way of, you know, they created this world where everyone has a uh, a Pokemon and then having it kind of looks, I mean, as realistic as you could get. I mean, mm -hmm. just the way that they live together, I thought they did a really good job in the storyline itself, too. Mm -hmm. But Pokemon himself, I mean, Pikachu himself was <laughs> was excellent. So, All right. Number four is best fight or action sequence. We have Avengers Endgame, the massive fight that's in there, because there's a lot of stuff going on, so the massive fight. And we have the first fight between Spider-Man and Mysterio. This is after Spider-Man knows that Mysterio is the you know bad guy, not being truthful with everything, which was... 
very cool because that fight scene kind of, for me, called back to the 90s Spider-Man cartoons. It well, just kind of had that feel to it. Yeah, and especially because you never knew what was real and what was fake. Mm-hmm. I mean, every it, that was what I thought was really well done with Mysterio is that, I mean, what's real, what's fake? And then you feel like you're out of it, and then you're just mm-hmm. in another, like, you're not, this isn't the real Nick Fury. I mean, yeah. Or, you know, it's still the fake, you know, it's all Mysterio. And then, you know, he gets hit by the train. It's like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And the third nominee is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for the big fight scene at the end. Yeah, like the last 20 minutes of the movie. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. All right. And the winner is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which, technically, we never did a podcast on this movie. No, we didn't. But... (laughs) We still are adding it. It was in our list. We added. We both saw it. We just couldn't get a podcast together for it. But that end scene was so Tarantino, and yes. it was so like that movie until that part was kind of okay, yeah. and then you get to that scene, and it's just. I mean, it's. It's, it's funny. almost for me it's, makes that that movie worth sitting through the the slowness of the beginning part of it to get to that. And then it's like when you think that it couldn't get any crazier, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio shows up with his uh, what did we end up fire cannon? The fire cannon. <laughs> <laughs> and like just oh that that one girl. I mean, it the fight scene was it was like it was gory, but it was funny, and it just. I mean, that's, that's kind of like the Tarantino style. It's graphic. It's over the top. But because of the style, it doesn't... I mean, I do feel like I had to close my eyes on some things because it's like I can't see some... I mean, it's just... But <laughs> but with that being said, the way that it's done, it's just so over the top mm-hmm. that it just makes it just such an entertaining scene to watch mm-hmm. and I, I i can hear a lot of people out there go well what about that massive fight scene from in game of all the guys and all that just wait okay hold your horses right and it's like that one i feel like once upon a time in hollywood it was so unexpected yes and, it, and there was such a build-up because you knew you know charles manson you know mm-hmm. there was that backstory you know brad pitt goes to the you know the old studio and kind of that has a lot of tension to it. There was like such a buildup of tension, mm-hmm. and then you know you know history tells us you know what happens. So then when this kind of goes sideways, it's so unexpected and then so over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes it so much like a better payoff, I guess. With Avengers. I feel like, yes, that is an awesome, you know, fight scene. I mean, mm-hmm. but it's also an expected, like... Yeah, because you know, eventually it had to get to that point. It, right. It, it had to. I mean, you had 10 years of buildup for that one. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah. All right. So, best team up. The nominees are Men in Black. I don't have their names. Like legit names or character names, <laughs> just <laughs> but we're just we're doing this podcast off the cuff. <laughs> I think it is uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth and, and Valkyrie and Tessa Thompson <laughs> is their real names. I don't remember their character names. Okay, well let's see if you can keep up this this hot streak of names. Uh, also nominated is for Zombieland, Woody Harrelson and all those. Folks that are in there, in there. <laughs> wheels are off. <laughs> the Zombieland crew, the four, the two guys and two girls. There's Jesse Eisenberg. There's Emma Stone, and then there's oh, what's that other little girl's name? Starts with an A. Mm, not gonna almost, make it. I almost had it. Not gonna make it. I'm going to yell out a name in the middle of of this podcast at some point with her name, probably. Okay. And also nominated for Best Team Up is Shazam. All the, the um, I was going to say orphans, but not 
or the foster kids. Foster kids. Uh, and the last nominee is Doctor Sleep with Ewan McGregor and. You know well, I know I know the characters' names. So that's okay, Danny go for it. And yeah. Avra. There we go. And the winner is Doctor Sleep. I have to say that I mean, you know, looking back on the year, the Doctor Sleep movie was probably one of my favorites, mm-hmm. and. I really love how they told the story of Danny, you know, kind of getting him to this point, and then this um, girl who, you know, embraces her uh, shining. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when she starts talking to him via the wall, the chalkboard. Yeah. And, you know, how that it kind of slowly builds. and um, And then when they get to the end where they're fighting these... Soul sucker people. <laughs> when they're fighting them and they're going through, you know, he takes them to the woods and they kind of trick them to thinking she's there, but she's just using her shining. Mm-hmm. And the way that they kind of use that in different aspects. And then when they get to the hotel and they're fighting together against that woman mm-hmm. with the hat. I just thought that that was really well done and the story itself I thought was really well done I, and and a good compliment to the shining from 1980 mm-hmm. and, and and I agree because my I had a very low bar going into this not knowing what to expect and was wondering how, how are they gonna make this connection to mm-hmm. the shining and I thought I thought it was I thought it was well done I remember you know when we were doing the podcast for that talking about the way that they end it. You know, it's like they left it open to where they could do another one. And there were so many questions that, you know, you and I both had about, you know, what about the hat and all this other stuff that we would like to, that we'd like to see and hope that they would make it another, another one of them. Well, they probably have to wait for uh, Stephen King to write another book. (laughs) Get on it, Stephen. Okay. And now best moment. Nominees are Avengers Endgame, when everyone comes back after the snap and... When the Avengers assemble? Avengers assemble. We also have the Jedi voices that Rey hears in her fight with Palpatine in Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. And six is Doctor Sleep... When Danny goes back to the hotel, the winner is Avengers Endgame. That moment was huge. Like you said, 10 years of buildup for that. Yes, I feel like that is the goosebump moment is when you see the, you know, they're getting ready to fight Thanos, and all of a sudden you start to see Doctor Strange, the little. Circles, circle things. And yeah. then you start seeing all the characters come back and you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. All the feels. It was it was so cool. And I mean, there are definitely a lot of moments within that fight too that could be mm-hmm. a part of it. When you see Captain America grab the the hammer. I'm mm-hmm. not going to try saying male, manure, manure. Well, I, I can't say it now because you've already tried to say it and you said it wrong. And so now I can't get the way you said it out of my head. <laughs> anyway, so, you know, there's that scene. There's the scene where they show all the women characters, mm-hmm. you know, to help Spider-Man to get through the... And then, and then, like, during this, you also get Captain Marvel coming in on her own. And just going right through a ship, mm-hmm. and then she pounds on Thanos. He tries to headbutt her, and she's just like, Pfft. "Yeah, sure, dude." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are a lot of moments, but I feel like that first moment when everyone, you know, Hulk did the snap, mm-hmm. and you know, Thanos is back, and you're like, "Oh man!" You see his entire army coming at him, mm-hmm. and. All of a sudden, it's like, oh yeah, here we come, and it's like all these characters and. It's like it was sitting good. here, sitting here talking about it. I think I, I, I want to watch 
that whole scene again right now. And I think and I think I just might when I get home, I think I might actually show the boys that whole scene. I don't want to sit through the whole movie just to get there. I think I'll just fast forward till I get to that point <laughs> and then show them because they'll be into it because it's 100% action. Excuse me? 100, sorry, 100% action. Yeah. So they will be completely into it. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's people talking, there's downtime and they lose interest because, you know, words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who has time for words? Not me. All right. So moving on to best supporting actor. Which Character. can be a woman or it's just yeah, best supporting. Yeah, it's just, just best supporting. All right, the nominees are Jack Dylan from Shazam. I was trying to think of his name in there. It's like Freddie something. Freddie. Fred, is it Freddie? Yeah, it's, I think it's Freddie. And it starts with an F, his last name. You know, the F-F. O-F. <laughs> All right, so him from Shazam. Brad Pitt from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Samuel L. Jackson from Captain Marvel. The winner goes to Freddy from Shazam. I thought his character in in that movie was was really well done. He mm-hmm. was like the comedic relief, but also, towards the end of the movie, he was also kind of like the... Conscience. Yes, because all you know the Shazam kid wanted to do was just kind of... Show par- off. Show off and throw lightning bolts around and just sit there and jack around and all that. And, you know, and, not and try to get hero. money. Yeah, and try to get money and, and all that stuff. And then... So I thought his, his character was just... It was, it was great to see kind of from the beginning of the movie, kind of he was trying to bring in this other foster kid into the house and trying to, you know, connect with him. And then... And like the you said, process. he had a good sense of humor. You know, his character had a good, you know, well-rounded kind of um, character arc in mm-hmm. the movie as well. And, you know, I think that he was a good kind of person to keep Shazam grounded. Yeah. When he started to be excited about, you know, to kind of have like this love of superheroes and all this stuff and then also be able to help build him up and then to bring him back down once he was like, hey, dude, you need to... Yeah. All right. Moving on to Best Lead Female. The nominees are Captain Marvel, or I guess Brie Larson. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And is it Trisha Thompson? Tessa. Tessa Thompson, Men in Black International, and Daisy Ridley, Star Wars. There See? you go. You can do all, it too. All, all off the cuff. <laughs> all right. And the winner is Brie Larson, Captain Marvel. She was great in that movie. Yeah, I mean, I thought that, I mean, I feel like it's been so long since I've seen it. That's uh, it's another movie. It's been almost a year. I, come out I, like I feel like I need to see February. it again, but I do think that, you know, her being the first mm-hmm. lead role in a Marvel movie was, you know, great pick. And then the story itself was really well done, I felt mm-hmm. like. And I know that um, Evangeline Lilly, you know, she played the Wasp, but this was the first lead yeah. single, mm-hmm. you know, yes, her char- lead role. Oh, I was going to say her character name is... In the title, but I guess Wasp was also in the title as well. But yes, yes but she was solo. Solo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I thought that her story was very well done, you know, with her being, I mean, the fire, you know, the fighter pilot and then, you know, her kind of not having, and, and I really liked how it was also kind of set in the 90s and you saw a young Samuel Jackson, you see how he got his eye patch mm-hmm. and, um, but I thought she did a really um, great role. I also really liked her uh, best friend in the movie too. Mm-hmm. I liked I liked her as well. Yeah. So, um, and I just like how this movie, in general, had a lot of strong female characters because we had Annette Bening, mm-hmm. 
you know, in there. And, um, and then even the daughter of her best friend too. I thought they were all, you know, characters that would be, I have no problem seeing in another, you know, in the sequel or in something else yeah. too, down the road. So. All right. Moving on to best lead male. We have Ewan McGregor, Dr. Sleep. We have Chris Evans for Avengers Endgame. We have Woody Harrelson, Zombieland, and Robert Downey Jr. for Avengers Endgame. The winner is Woody Harrelson for <laughs> Zombieland 2. I have to say that I was not really looking forward to Zombieland 2. I'm not a big fan of Jesse Eisenberg, but Woody Harrelson made this movie tolerable. Yes, and he and is or enjoyable. The most enjoyable part of the first one as well, and he is definitely the centerpiece of the second one. Just he is hilarious in these movies. Mhm. Hilarious. I know his character is just so over the top but done so well <laughs> that it just it it's just perfect for this this yes. role. Yes. Uh-huh. And he, I mean, he does it perfectly. And it's, and it's so, you know, he's the kind of actor, I feel like, other than, like, his counterpart, Jesse Eisenberg, who I, I feel like is, eh, or even, like, how we've talked before about Tom Hardy, how people mm. talk about how awesome he is, and I'm like, okay, well, tell me something that he's actually been that good in. Woody Harrelson is the exact opposite. There's so many things that he's... Yeah. Done and so many different characters that he's done very well. Mm -hmm. Yet you just think of him as this funny guy from Cheers, or you know, mm -hmm. I feel like you don't really think of him when you're thinking of. It's know. like when I when I when I think of like the Hunger Games. Like to me, he's the best part of the Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. His his character in there, like the rest of all the other crap that's going on in there, I could care less about. But seeing his character on there and the way that he's acting and, and talking and all that stuff. Is is great. So I think he's is underrated for mm -hmm. what he's done. Mm -hmm. So okay, so that leaves us with the screen bean, magic bean movie of the year. Uh, should be no surprise. It is Avengers Endgame. You know, it was ten years of of build up, and the way that you know. Infinity Wars ended, you know, they had to, you know, get the good guys back on top from from that. And I just think that everything that was in it, you know, to, you know, the, the moments, all the characters, the story that they had to get everyone back, I thought was was awesome. Right. And then throughout the year, we always rank the movies. So it always ends up being what's our number one for the year. Mm -hmm. That's the magic bean. And Endgame, mm -hmm. since May you know, has been the number one. And like you said, it's the 10-year buildup. It's the the conclusion of this Infinity War, you know, and, you know, this climax that, you know, everyone had disappeared and, you know, it's kind of like, how are they going to do this? And so you're mm -hmm. not only waiting for the conclusion of this 10-year storyline, but the conclusion from Infinity War that you saw the year before. And just the fact that, you know, you had this giant fight scene where you saw all these characters and they're all working together and, like, characters that hadn't, you know, been seen before together now mm -hmm. are, you know, fighting along each each other's side. And, yeah. you know, it's just kind of like the epitome of, like, the um, epic kind of journey that all mm -hmm. of these characters have gone to to this one point. So. Yeah, and you can kind of see how... For you know, one group of people, this is this is kind of their end. Mm -hmm. like, this this is kind of it for them. And then another group of people that were in there, this is kind of their beginning on when you know they will most likely become the new Avengers and and all that moving moving forward. So it just kind of was just a really cool, awesome movie. It'll be interesting to see what happens if you and me ever differ on number one. Ooh. Coin could, toss. It, it could happen this year. Who knows? Like 
what was the biggest movie this year? Eternals? There's uh-huh. no Star Wars. There's no Avengers. Mm-hmm. Venom? Venom 2. <laughs> There's also another Godzilla. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. I guess we'll see next year. It'll be Maverick Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, that is it. <laughs> okay, so now we are going to move to the stinky beans. This is the Pee-hoo. worst of what happened last year for movies that we watched. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's jump into it. The worst villain for 2019. The nominees are, you guys are going to uh, see a theme, uh, Hellboy. The, it, the Blood Witch. The Blood Witch or whatever. It, sure. Any other buddy in there? The movie itself? The writers? Whoever. Just pick somebody to be the villain. Um, so you have Hellboy. You have Dark Phoenix. Again, whoever the villain was in there. Was it Dark Phoenix or was it the acting? It's also, <laughs> also have Shazam. Now, this one kind of hurts me. I enjoyed Shazam. I really like the actor who played the villain in Shazam. But I didn't like this villain. Yeah, I felt does like... It make, does that make sense? It's like, I, I mean, love this guy like as this... Sinestro, and I loved him in Kingsman. But this villain in the Shazam movie was just kind of... Just not, I mean, I not feel like he was me. a little bit one-dimensional. He was basically a guy who was up for being Shazam, and he was um, seduced by the seven deadly sins, and so he didn't get it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, his life was already pretty horrible. I mean, he had a pretty bad dad and his brother didn't look like he was that nice either. Mm-hmm. So, basically, he never grew up from that. He is still to the, to this day that little kid that's pissed off. Yeah. And that's what I feel like is just he spent his entire life trying to get back to where he was and then, you know, those seven deadly sins kind of took over, you know, he sucked them all up. And that was it. I mean, I don't feel like there was much more to his character Mm -hmm. than just being a whiny kid. Yeah. I feel like if they do a Shazam 2, there's that little, what's that, that little bug that escaped? Yeah, the worm or whatever that thing was. Caterpillar? Something. Whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Now, he looked interesting. Yes. But, I mean, like this guy, I feel like he's definitely would be a good number two. Because that's what it seems like in the next movie. The caterpillar mm-hmm. came up to him. He's not a number one. He's a number two. Yeah. Now, what's his name in real life? The actor's name? I don't know. But I would be on board if he wants to throw on the yellow tights again and fly around and be Sinestro if DC and Warner Brothers ever get their shit together and do a Green Lantern thing. Because I thought he was great as Sinestro. And hands down, the best part of the Green Lantern movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Okay. We need to talk about the winner of this. Oh, I was about to say, we've <laughs> talked a lot about the nominee. Okay. And the winner for worst villain is Dark Phoenix. So I assume, what's her name? Sophie Turner? Yes. Was the villain of this because it's Dark Phoenix? I, I, I assume. I feel like that's, or, that's, who, I, like that's the, who I would say. It's not like the, because you also had like the alien things that were in there too. Remember them? But they're just trying to suck her energy i feel like so it's not like they were like i look at hers she was the dark phoenix was the everything about this movie was hot garbage (laughs) and i just didn't like it all right you have anything else to say about the worst villain it's funny how we talk more about the nominee than the actual villain or the actual winner i know all right worst cgi character um we started writing down some nominees for this, but we're pretty much just going to uh, we're just going to give it to uh, Hellboy. <laughs> Dealer's choice. Pick somebody. Yeah, I felt like the the warthog dude, the the boar, the pig, mm-hmm. that guy. I, I even think there might have been a point in there where the witch and the tree and all that stuff didn't wasn't looking all that good. I mean, I felt like this movie altogether. Even the guy who turns into the leopard. 
I mean, I feel like this movie was just thrown together. There wasn't really a reason to have this movie. No, it, the, the really, it, there really it was wasn't. like a poorly done, just like, hey, we're going to do this. The storyline, you know, it's just whatever. So it's like I'd much rather see the original Hellboy movie with Ron Perlman. Perlman. I thought I thought that one was I thought that one was better. I thought those those first two were better than than this one. This one was just this one was just bad. Yeah, and I bad. never saw the first two. Well, you do. And now I'm never going to see them is, now because of this movie being oh, so bad. Man, just okay, it ruined it for you. Ruined. All right. Well, speaking of ruin, let's move on to uh, worst visual effects. We have the Lion King. <laughs> We have Alita, Battle Angel, and we have, oh, oh, Hellboy. <laughs> Hellboy is in every single one of these. And the winner is The Lion King. I, I guess I, I am just, I'm just out on Disney trying to, I say, live action movies of their animated stuff from the 80s and 90s and all that stuff. It's really not live action. It's just and a good animation that looks real, but it's not like it's good. I feel like the 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 part that that gets me on this is that when you take real animals that eat each other. Yes. And you have them dance. I feel like I can't believe it makes it more like when it's a cartoon it's a cartoon. Yeah, I it's a cartoon. Because I, I, I'm, I'm watching a cartoon. I already know going into it that it's not real because it's a cartoon. But once you make them look real and still try to do some of that crap that you did in the the cartoon. It, it just doesn't work. It, it, it loses me. I'm, it I'm just doesn't work. And I, it connection. makes you have like this uh, ability for disbelief. Mm-hmm. When you see a cartoon that, okay, yeah, I believe in genies. Yeah, I believe in animals singing and dancing together. But when they look real, let's just like for the, for instance, in the beginning, when the lions have the baby and they go out and all these animals come because they're key, you know, they're, they're key. Yeah. And they're like bowing down. It's like, you know, these people eat you. You guys, you guys, once, once you become the slowest you are going to be eaten. Right. You're bowing down to this person who will eat your baby. Yes. I, I just, it just makes it a lot <laughs> harder. And then like, and then like seeing a real lion and warthog, like, you know, he was going to kill you and eat you, you know, mm-hmm. almost alive. Yeah. Now you're singing and dancing and he's eating bugs. I just, it just makes it so much the disbelief goes away, and I yeah. like I can't, I can't see and it's like, it. And and I, not... had this, I had the same problem with the Jungle Book. It was the same mm-hmm. problem with that, and I now I know that they they've done Mulan, and it, and it's like a real character, you know, from the animated. It, it, it's a person, so the disbelief is is a little less there because it, it was a person in there. It's a person here, but when I saw that they were doing Mulan, my first thing was awesome. I want to see what this little dragon's going to look like. <laughs> and now I've heard, I've heard, I don't know if it's true or not, that the little dragon's not even in it. Mm-hmm. I think it's something else. That's like the only thing I wanted to see was this little fucking dragon. <laughs> yeah. It's like, now it would be like her little Pokemon. So, and then it's going to be weird too with, I mean, I say it's going to be weird with, with Mermaid. As I'm sitting here ragging on, you know, some lady talking to fish, I, then I go to, well, I enjoy Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not mermaid or merman. He's he's an Aquaman. <laughs> totally different. So is there a little bit of me being hypocritical? Oh, may, maybe, maybe. Also, I, I just like feel what like, I like, and I, feel I, like I don't what I don't. The thing also that bothers me is just Disney just throwing money at something to make money, like. We don't yes, want to, let's not waste time thinking of something new. Let's just, now we have the technology to make, let's just get popular actors and actresses. To do right the voices. Now. Or, I mean, like the mermaid, you know, there'll be some real people well, in it. But well, well, yeah, but I'm sure that the people that are in it, they're, they're probably pulling off of like their Disney station. Oh, I'm sure. 
But yeah, so it's like it's just just money grabs, and it's like, come on, because you know it's gonna you know it's gonna be like the exact same fucking story that the animated one was. Mm -hmm. That's all Lion King was. That's all Jungle Book was. That's all that Beauty and the Beast was. And and it's just like, come on, man. Mm -hmm. Come on, come on, show us something new. You're Disney. I don't need to see your new technology. I just want I want to see something new, new Mm -hmm. story. Yeah. Wow me. Wow me, Disney. Wow me. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Worst lead. Uh, Dark Phoenix, whoever you want. We'll be Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. Uh, Hellboy. It would be Hellboy. And we also have Worst Lead. Oh, yeah, we got Godzilla on here. The dude. What's his name? Kyle Chandler. Because we can't say Godzilla because Godzilla, I mean, really wasn't the lead. It's, it's Kyle Chandler. Yes. And the winner is... Kyle Chandler. <laughs> yes, because I think we said it in that, that movie review of Godzilla. All of the actors, for the most part, that were in there were TV actors. And that's kind of where they need to stay. Mm-hmm. They, they can't make the jump to movies. Because, uh, for some reason, it, it just doesn't tend to... Fair very well for I feel them. like the type of acting that's involved in television and the type of acting that's involved in movies is different style of acting. It's hard to pin down like what it is, but I feel like in TV, it's a little bit more dramatic. It's mm-hmm. a little bit because you're getting it at shorter, you know, shorter frames of time. So, you know, it you have to be a lot more dramatic because you have a 40 minutes to do a story. So mm-hmm. you're like trying to put in all the dr- drama mm-hmm. or action and stuff that you can. So it's a different, I feel like it's a different style of acting that when you get to a movie, it needs to be a more subtle kind of acting. I don't know. It's just, I mean, I, I, I've never taken an acting class, so I'm not sure if there is like different styles out there and there's specific names about it, but you definitely can see. Yeah, I mean, I think... Some actors can do it. Some some actors can can jump. And you definitely talk about actors that jump to movies and do great. And then there's I mean there's also the people that that go back and forth and and they're great. I just I just think he he needs to stay in his lane. I think he is from what I've seen, he doesn't have the ability to do it. Because I mean on TV shows, Bloodline, he you know, Friday Night Lights, you know. Uh, you know, I can't think of off the top of my head. I think he's been in some like one-off kind of mm-hmm. stuff as well. That's great. Yeah, I, 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 with you, I don't have a problem with you know the Friday Night Lights and all that. I think he, he does he does a great job there. But for here, it just it was just I, I was missing it. Well, I was missing. Also, it. I don't know if I was missing it because one him and two all the humans in this with all of their verbal garbage that they were going back and forth. The, I will say the best part of Godzilla King of Monsters is just when the monsters are on screen fighting. <laughs> that That is it. All the human talking and, st- and story and all that crap. Oh, now I wonder is, where your kids get that. Is No, that that's not good. Like Avengers Endgame, the story in there is great. I can sit there and listen to that. I'm saying I can't listen to the story that's being told to me in Godzilla King of Monsters because it is poor. Well, I also feel like, you know, we've talked about this before, is that I feel like there are also actors out there that can be really great and really bad depending on their director. I feel like mm-hmm. there are some actors that depend heavily on good direction from a good director. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when that happens, they're awesome. And then sometimes if there's they're doing a movie that's, the director is just phoning it in. They're just not as, you know, mm-hmm. big on notes and directing actual scene by scene and all that kind of stuff. They do a lot poorer of a job. And there's a lot of actors where you're like, oh my God, they're so good in this movie. And then you see something else and I'm like, oh my God, this is trash acting. Yeah. Like, like it's just they, trash what, what acting. They do, what do they do? They just cash it in? And it's like, 
I feel like there are some actors out there, so it could have been that was also playing a part in this Godzilla. Because I'm, I'm guessing sure. that the director, I don't remember who it was, is like, come on, let's just get through this stuff so we can get to the monsters. And I'm sure because the budget for the monsters and the visual effects and all that are in there. That's where all the money went. Had, yes, had to be expensive, and they couldn't they couldn't pay big-time actors and stuff like that. But even at, even at that... Yeah. You're still paying for a script. The script costs the same, mm-hmm. doesn't it? I would assume. Yeah. Like, the story sucked. Monsters yeah. cool. Story sucked. <laughs> so, all right. So that gets us to worst movie of the year. Big surprise here, Big folks. surprise. And the stinky bean goes to Hellboy, which is a movie I have zero idea why they made it it's like the moment that we found out that they were making it it was coming out like two months later and it was like that that seemed awfully fast but then it the story the story saw it just the story sucked i mean all around this movie was bad the acting was bad again i feel like this also fell into tv actors that haven't yet made it with movies, mm-hmm. you know the you know the main actor in that. Because I like I like him in Stranger Things and some of the other stuff that he's done. I didn't I didn't like him in here, but but I some of that could have just also been the director, could have been the story, and it, it, it was probably a, a lot. I mean, of I feel like things. it was it was the story. His hilt, his stone hand looked like he was. It was longer, so you could tell he was literally holding it as a fake hand. I mean, it wasn't even mm-hmm. done well enough. It was TV done. It was kind of like on Arrow when Merlin had the fake hand, and it's like you could tell that his arm was a little bit longer because mm-hmm. he had to have a fake hand on top of his real hand. So it's like, come on, this is kind of stuff that should be no-brainer can do. Mm-hmm. So you have bad CGI, bad acting, bad story. I mean, going back to the Knights round table and Hellboy is getting Excalibur, I'm like, what? What the, what, what, what the fuck are we watching here? Yeah, I I completely agree. I, I there just, was a, a lot of WTFs in this movie. I think for you and me, it's like a lot of the times that we hate a movie, I mean, it could be for many reasons, but I would say the vast majority of it is the story. The mm-hmm. story just sucked. Mm-hmm. And the story didn't seem like it was really flushed out. Bad story, bad it, acting. Yes, it just kind of seems like the studio's just trying to make a money grab off of a name. Either that be the title of the movie or a main character is played by a certain type of actor. Mm-hmm. Who, who knows what it is. But it's, it's... It's like they put all their money into one pot and it's like you can't make a good movie with just... A lot of money in one aspect. Of I know it. it's like I feel like we could look at us. We we could read like a story and know if it was going to be any good or not. But it's like they look at this and say, you know what? We can go ahead and just get Joe Blow over there, and he and people still and they'll he'll, be like, people he'll, still he'll, he'll, go he'll be see a draw. it, or we'll make a lot of money overseas. They'll yeah. go see anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, cool. So, that, that that seems like it wraps up the beans. That is the. 2019 Scream Bean Movie Awards. Wow. And we, we're we going to make it in time. We're not even going to have like, you know, nobody had to get called off with music and, you know, we're not going to go over our time limit and all that kind of stuff. We we know how to do a show. <laughs> I, I was sitting here as you're, as you're saying all this. I'm wondering, why are you saying all this? I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, like on the Oscars. You know, like when they always, there's like, it's always about going too long and oh. they're having to like. I, I don't watch any of this. So, so that's why I'm lost because I have no idea what you're fucking talking about. None. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> this is the only award show I, I, I care about. <laughs> this one. Uh-huh, sure. This one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, folks, so like we said earlier, we're going to be doing a Birds of Prey next week. We also have a Witcher podcast coming at you. We uh, should be getting that that, uh, maybe end of next week or the next. I don't know. We'll see. Coming soon. And then we have to, are we going to do just a wrap up of Arrow? 
Yeah. Kind there's, of, kind of put, a, it, kind of put a, it to bed, throw our, throw our, our fistful of dirt on it and call it, <laughs> call it done. <laughs> call it done. It's like I still have three episodes of Crisis to do mm-hmm. and then two episodes of Arrow to do. I'm sorry, guys. This is just how how far we have fallen off of the, the CW wagon and our care level for it. I know. It's like we, we made the decision not to watch those shows, and we've been so happy with not watching them. Now that we have to watch Crisis, it's like that. It's even more of a chore. It, and it was. <laughs> those first two episodes that I had to get through, it's like coming from the the world of, of Titans and all that stuff, and then the Mandalorian and how all that, that show was done. It's like, these shows seem ridiculous. <laughs> oh, there was some news. I know it's at the end of the podcast and fucking nobody is listening, <laughs> but we're going to get uh winter soldier and Falcon in August, September. I think that September? one, oh, is it gosh. September, October, November, or is it August, September, November or something, something. I don't know. All I know is that this fall... This fall. Yeah, there we go. That's, that's better. We're getting Winter Soldier and Falcon. Or Falcon and Winter Soldier, whichever way it is. Yeah. We're getting that. Then we're getting Season 2 of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to finish the year off with WandaVision. So we saw that little teaser during mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and we're like, what? And now we had confirmation of... They didn't have specific dates. They just had months. Which, but that's good which is for better me right because now. at first I swear that when I last I was looking on this, I, I couldn't find anything that that said 2020. It was all like 2021. And I was like, God damn, we're gonna have to wait like a fucking year to get. And I feel like that? it might be to a point to where it's like one ends and the next one starts the next week, or you know something similar to that kind of effect. Because it was gonna be six episodes, eight mm-hmm. episodes. And then six episodes, and that's going to be that's going to be three awesome shows in a row. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of shows, uh, you need to watch the trailer to X Hunter or Hunter X or whatever that is on Amazon. Oh, the Nazis. To see if you want to do that, do that show. Okay, we'll do. We're talking. I'll about put it plans. on my list. Okay. All right. That's it. I'm done. Officially done. Are you sure? Done. Yes. Done. Okay, well, I guess that's going to wrap it up for us today. You can always find us online at ScreamBeansPodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter, at ScreamBeansPod. You can also find us on Facebook. Friend us, like us, share us, you know, whatever makes you happy. You can also find all of our podcasts on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, you know, wherever on the dark web you can find us. So until next week, we'll be talking to you later. Bye, guys.